Hello, everyone. This is Noble back again for another episode of Noble Relating, the podcast of the new paradigm. And I am too hyped for this one, y'all. This time, I got one of my homeboys, my roll dolls on here, uh, somebody I've heard about for a long time and, and, I, and I've known for a long time, uh, my, my man, my homie, Tiger Moonstone. Say hello to the people, Tiger. Hey, what's going on, everybody? Hey, hey. Um, so Tiger, yo man, like, first off, how you been doing? Like, how how are you? How is life? Man, life is great. Uh, I can't say enough about it. I, I definitely went through some changes in life, and so to get to the point where I'm at now, man, I've got nothing but positivity. Nice, nice. What type of changes have you been going through? Well, like something like, like financial, personal, spiritual, physical. Well, a lot of uh, all of the above. Um, so financially, you know, getting out of the working sector, going to more of the entrepreneurial uh, side of the life uh, was a huge mm-hmm. change. Not mm-hmm. getting up in the morning, not punching somebody's clock, but working for myself, <laughs> doing what makes me happy, doing uh, my passion was a huge change. Mm-hmm. It's one of the greatest things that I've ever done. Mm. No, and I feel you on that 100 percent. You know, um, I've been working for myself since 2021, 2022. Um, so it hasn't really been that long um, that I've been on my entrepreneur journey. And it is, it's been amazing being able to pay my own bills without having to like really work for anybody else. Um, it's been a really new experience, you know, a lot to learn. Uh, I made some miss, some mistakes along the way. <laughs> I ain't going front. I'm still learning, but um, it really feels good to get into it. Yeah, that's definitely the key. You know, it's a it's a learning process. And if right. someone had told me years ago, you know, that you're going to be learning your entire life and, you know, you're going to make some mistakes, but you can always bounce back from those mistakes. I'd have been mm-hmm. like, man, you're crazy. Everybody says for <laughs> retirement because, right. you know, that's that's what you want to do. You want to get to that point where you're not working. And right, so right. if somebody told me, look, man, you you can start early, find your passion, do what you want to do, make money while doing it and live the life that you want to live, I'd be like, man, you're crazy. But, <laughs> but here I am, you know, and, and, and you're experiencing it too. So that's it's the, the yeah. best feeling in the world. Right, right. And um, I don't know if my listeners know, but I'm personally from West Virginia where they really didn't have this type of uh, mindset that I was really exposed to. Um, what about you, Tiger? Where are you from? Like, you know, what was your, you know, what was it like growing up in like the area you were you're from? So originally, um, I'm from Mississippi. My parents were born in Mississippi. Mississippi. And, Ooh. Yeah, yeah, you know, deep south. Yeah. So, <laughs> we, we I've still got, you know, family down there, grandmothers, uncles, aunts, uh, cousins, all, all still down in Mississippi. And if you know anything about Mississippi, you know, the, the part that they were at, especially my mother, was very rural. So there weren't mm-hmm. a lot of jobs. There's not a lot of opportunity. Um, mm-hmm. The town that my mom was born in is Kosciuszko, Mississippi. And most people don't know where that is. Um, uh-huh. it's, it's just about 45 minutes outside of Jackson, Mississippi, which is probably okay. like the largest municipality, um, there, the state capital. Right. But the claim to fame for Kosciuszko, if you don't know it, that's where Oprah Winfrey was born. Oh, okay. And so, you know, it's still a small town. There's still the same stores in the downtown area that were there oh. when my mom was a child. So that tells you how... Ooh. You know, progressive that town is. You know, not a lot mm-hmm. happening out there. Mm-hmm. And so my dad on the other side, he's uh, from Biloxi, Mississippi. So they're down there on the coast. 
So okay. a lot of progress there, you know, mostly riverboat casinos and the, the such. Mm-hmm. So there's it's kind of two different uh, walks of life there. But uh, where I actually grew up, once uh, my family moved from Mississippi, my parents, uh, my dad worked for the federal government, so we moved a, a lot. And so we end up selling in North Carolina. They uh, came up from Mississippi to visit someone in Asheville, mm. North Carolina, and decided, you know, that's where they want to lay roots. So mm. I grew up in Asheville, uh, I guess, since I was about seven or so. Um, okay. And so it was a different, different, entirely different uh, space than, say, Mississippi. It, it was not as diverse as you know mississippi that is predominantly white uh and we grew up in the suburbs so you know definitely not a lot of diversity there yeah that's crazy you say that because when i think of mississippi i don't think of diversity i think of mississippi almost like i think of west virginia so you're saying mississippi is like a a pretty there's a large concentration of black people at least where you're from yeah there was a larger concentration of black people but there were also you know People European descent, white people. There was uh, the mm-hmm. Native American, uh, Choctaw. I think they had Blackfoot down there. So there, there were a lot of you know different, you know, walks of life down there. Different races of people down there. Mm. So when you go down there, it's it's really interesting to see that versus Asheville, North Carolina. Oh, okay. I see. I see. So in in Asheville, like. How was that on you? Like, you know, so I'm assuming there weren't a lot of black people that you really hung out and interacted with since you were in the burbs, you know. Um, I had a similar experience being from West Virginia. Um, How did that That, shape who you are? That was uh, probably one of the hardest things that I dealt with growing up because I didn't have a place where I fit in. Um, Mm. There were blacks there, but there was one particular place in Asheville called Shiloh. And okay. that's predominantly where the blacks were. Mm-hmm. But because I was from the suburbs, you know, I didn't really fit in with the white people in, in my neighborhood because I was black. And I didn't really fit in with the people in the Shiloh community because I wasn't from Shiloh. So mm-hmm. I, I really didn't have a way to identify with anyone. So I was kind of an outcast growing up trying to make my own way. And so mm-hmm. that was really challenging growing up, trying to figure out, you know, my own identity, who I am and who I can, you know, interact with that, that makes me feel like I belong. Mm, okay. Did you ever find that sense of belonging anywhere in your life? I, or is that something you found later? Yeah, it, it definitely came later in life. Um, it wasn't until, you know, I got out of high school and started going to college that, it wasn't so much the people that I was looking for, for the identity as much as it was, you know, what type of job could I find? And the job gave me more of an identity than uh, the people that I was interacting with. So, you know, I ended up going back to school multiple times because still trying to find that identity. The first time I went back or first time I went to school, it was uh, for criminal justice the second time I went back is for computer sciences. And then mm-hmm. I went back a third time for uh, aviation management. And each mm. time I went back, you know, I, I loved the school and the interacting with the people in the school and interacting with the teachers. But none of the, you know, degrees or none of the jobs afterwards really gave me that fulfillment. 
Mm, got you, got you. So that's interesting. Like, I feel like we have a lot in common there. We'll have to go into that a little bit later. Um, let's talk about some relationship stuff. Because I feel like that's really what people want to know about you. Um, first of all, like, one thing I think is going to be interesting for a lot of people to know is that um, you have a relationship with a woman, you know, Kenya Stevens, right? And, you know, and she's married and whatnot, and she's been an integral part of your life. And um, I made no secret on my podcast that Kenya has meant a lot to me in my life. And um, I think people will be kind of shocked to know that we actually met Kenya on the same day. Yes. The same night. Yes. And that's huge. That That's, you know, they say lightning doesn't strike twice. Well, sometimes it does. You know? <laughs> so it, to me, that was the, the coolest thing. I had no clue until much later that um, Kenya had actually met you that night. I thought that I was the only one, you know, where Kenya and I met, I was, you know, going through a divorce. And mm. so it was just like, you know, I was at home. I was kind of beat up about the whole thing. And one of my friends called me up. It was Halloween night. He said, look, dude, come out. Like you, you're miserable at home. You're going to be miserable. Come be miserable out with us. And, you know, <laughs> let's have a good time. Let's get some drinks. Let's chill out. You can talk about it, whatever you want to do. And, and we'll just get you out of the house. Right. So, you know, I reluctantly decided okay i'll i'll go out and so okay. we were hitting a couple of spots and one of the last spots we hit was where kenya and i met right you know i i didn't think anything of kenya when i first met her i was like you know this isn't going to be you know a spectacular <laughs> life-changing relationship it's going to be like all the other ones and how wrong i was right right yeah so, because um, I remember that night because I had just moved to Asheville and um, I was I didn't have a license at that time because my license was getting renewed. I just turned 30, I think. And um, <laughs> I, we, I ended up going out. I had to sneak into that club because that was the only club that was popping that night. I remember like I didn't know anywhere else. We didn't know anywhere else to go because that's the only place we saw that was jumping. Right. Yeah. And um, Kenya and her friend that were like the only two black women in there. <laughs> and that's true. They were the only two. And Kenya was wearing this like zebra <laughs> dress. Her hair was out. She had on these like five inch heels. She was like, you know what I'm saying? Like she was like just, <laughs> just call all the attention. <laughs> yeah. She was uh she was definitely a showstopper that night. Yeah, she was. So uh, and um now I one thing I say, like, in the beginning of the show is that, like, I've heard about you for a long time. Uh, and that's because, like, I, I met Kenya and we started hanging out later. But I didn't meet you till years after that. Yes. Th that's the crazy thing. And I, I still laugh yeah. about it to this day. Everybody <laughs> yeah, I, thought I was imaginary. Like, Kenya my dude, I thought you were a I thought you were a deity, <laughs> my dude. Like, I was like, oh, like, he must be some type of, like, thing that she's wrestling with or something. Like, I don't know. <laughs> he can't be a real person, right? Like <laughs> Yeah, I was I was a real person, but you know, like I said, I I just come out of the divorce. So it was really challenging for me mm -hmm. to jump both feet into a new relationship. So I did a lot of holding Kenya at arm's length and mm -hmm. and really only showing up when I knew it wouldn't, you know, pop into another 
step in a relationship. You know, Ooh. when it, it couldn't be fully committed to us moving Ooh. forward, that's when I would show up. And that what? was really challenging for Key to try to explain to people, like, this guy is real. <laughs> he I wouldn't. I wouldn't take pictures because uh, you yeah. know I I didn't want anything captured to where somebody could use it and be like, yes, this is him. So I I wouldn't let him take pictures of me. Right. No evidence. There was no evidence, and so it was it was really a hard time for her to prove that that I was an actual person. Uh. Um. Now, again, at the time, of course, Kenya was married and still, you know, to her husband at the time. How did you feel about that? Like, how was that for you? To, to me, that was, uh, it wasn't unusual because I had what? dated girls before that were married. Really? And, yeah. And it was like, you know, wow. you have this schedule, like she'd call you, hey, my husband's out of town, my husband's doing whatever, <laughs> and, and you go over. And you know right. what it was like we're not in this relationship. We're just you know getting together, right? And right. There's no commitment after this because you know she has somebody. So with Kenya, it was a very different experience because I was at the house, and Kenya made a comment of, "I would love for you to meet my husband," and I thought she was joking. I was like, "Ah, right, girl, <laughs> you know whatever." You know, you'll say that, but yeah, nobody wants me to meet their husband. And then she calls her husband, and I'm like, he's here? And she's like, yeah, he's here. And then he walks in the room, and I'm like, oh, crap. The fight is on. I Like, what's the closest thing I can grab? Because I'm going to have to knock this dude out and run. And <laughs> and if if anybody ever you know meets Rakim, you know he is almost he he's not intimidating at first, like just to see him. But then he starts talking, and you hear the gravitas in his voice, and you're like, "Oh crap!" Like this dude might be able to throw hands. And so that's the impression I got from him when he walked in the room. But he was really cordial. He was mm -hmm. like, hey, you know, nice to meet you. I've heard a lot about you. It's finally nice to, you know, put a face with a name. And I'm like, this is not normal. This is not the <laughs> usual thing that happens right, when a right. man sees another man with his wife. Right, right. And so from that moment, it was like, there's something different about this relationship <laughs> that I have never experienced in my entire life. And I kind of mm -hmm. want to know a little bit more about it. Mm. Really? Okay. So you were actually kind of more, more curious at that point that you were able to have a conversation with, you know, this woman you're sleeping with her husband and, and not get, it and not be the stereotypical thing you were thinking. Yeah. Like and I think people. that was the, the curiosity part. Like what's up with this dude? Cause if it was me, and I walked in, you know, you're going to have to hit me because it's, it's going to be on. Like, we, we're going to tussle. And right, so right. that was just me from my perspective. You know, mm -hmm. the, the man that I was then, I know mm -hmm. that I would not have been okay with that. And right. so it was a lot of, you know, what makes this other guy okay with it? What mm -hmm. what knowledge does he have or what experience has he gone through where mm -hmm. he can kind of put 
anger and jealousy and, you know, all, all of the other emotions that come with seeing somebody with his partner to the side and greet somebody with open arms. Right. So I said, I have well, to know what's, what's happening here. <laughs> okay. And how did you, like, how did you learn? Like, what was the process like for you to like, cause like, I, 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 I can imagine like just from how Kenya told stories about you and, and stuff. And like, you just, you seem like a completely different person almost. So yeah, like, I, I would say I'm, I'm almost a 180 as far as uh, a human being uh, from mm. where I was. And I think a lot of it had to do with the traumas that I experienced with relationships. Mm. Um, like I say, you know, I was no stranger to, you know, going to a lady's house and she's married. But I was that serial monogamous person where, mm. you know, I would mm -hmm. date somebody, but I didn't want to cheat. So, you know, once, once I got to the point of I felt like our relationship had run its course, it's time to break up. It's right, time to yeah. find that that next partner. And so I would do that just over and over and over and over again. And mm -hmm. this was a little bit different. And so that to me is that that 180, realizing that just because our relationship has come to a point where we're transitioning doesn't mean that the person has no more value to me. That person mm -hmm. still is a part of my essence. Mm. So all the girls that I've dated, all the girls I've been with, you know, they're still a part of me. They're still a part of my thoughts. They're still a part of my love styles. They're still a part mm. of everything that I am. So right. that was the change in, in learning that, you know, I don't have to get rid of a person just because our relationship is transitioning to a new point. Right, right. That's a that's a really big kind of high level thing, you know, because most people don't really see the benefit or the value of continuing to continue anything with somebody that you've had like a like a sexual relationship with. And then like the, if the stuff doesn't really line up anymore, it's just like, well, why like why keep them, you know? Um, but I think that what you're saying is definitely spot on. It's, it's a really big thing that is, that's really difficult for people to grasp. Like, like, yeah, you still have value even though we're not together, you know? Or yeah. like in the same or like vibing with each other right now. <laughs> yeah, I mean, absolutely. I'm, the the memories that you share with a person should be the, the initial indicator that that person will always be a part of your life. But mm -hmm. when we break up with people, uh, you know, I know a lot of ladies that have broken up. The first thing they do is, that, you know, they'll rip up an old memory or they'll mm -hmm. delete a photo that reminds them of that person. And you can delete those photos. You can rip stuff up. You can break things or, you know, burn things, throw things out of the windows. But that's never going to get rid of the biological connection that mm -hmm. you have with that person. Um, I can't remember who did the study, but they were showing that if a woman has sex with a man, that she carries that male's DNA with her for the rest of her life. Mm. His DNA is a part of her being. So mm. we don't really ever lose that person. And that's why breakups are so hard. And, the, you know, when people divorce the same way I divorced my wife, our breakup was challenging. You know, I, mm -hmm. I got to the point where, like, even though I knew I loved this lady, I hated her. I could not stand <laughs> her. And it, uh -huh. it, it had nothing to do with me actually hating that lady. It was the mm -hmm. concept of we are getting ready to tear apart our connection. 
And right, that's, right. that's not a natural thing to do. You don't just rip apart uh, you, the people that you're connected with. Right, right. And if so you that, knew then what you knew now, do you think you would still be married? Uh, I, yeah, I think we would probably still be married. I think we would have uh, had a lot of very candid, open conversations with each other. Um, mm -hmm. But I'm one of those that I, I don't want to look at the past and, and try to change it. I think everything right. happens for a reason. And so the divorce that I went through, I had to go through to grow as a person. Right. At, for many years, you know, me and my wife didn't like each other. But now we are really close. We're really good friends. We take care of each right. other, even though we're not married. I might call her up and say, hey, I want some cookies. And this lady will bake me cookies, even though she has uh, another man. Y'all hear that? <laughs> My man got his ex-wife will bake him some cookies. He will man. bake cookies, chocolate chips, put them in a, in a little to-go baggie, and say, here are your cookies. <laughs> I love it. That, that is amazing. So, so again, when I met Kenya, one of the things that really stuck out to me about her was this whole polyamory thing. You know, um, the fact that she could date other men. Uh, when I met her, her um, she, her husband had a woman, another woman living in the house, right? And I've really adopted poly into my lifestyle and my life. You know, how is that for you? Like, are you even though I know you're dating Kenya, like, would you consider yourself poly? Like, how, like, what's your stances on that? Um, I I think I was progressive poly. You know, it took me a while to really embrace polyamory uh, because when I first went into the relationship with Kenya, I still had that monogamous mindset where I kind of wanted Kenya all to myself. So at one point really? I was telling Kenya, look, you know, you can't talk to these other men. Like, you know, I, I want you <laughs> all to myself. <laughs> wow. And, That's why she was, cut me off. I was like, oh, what? <laughs> I was like, hey, we was doing good. Like, what do you mean? I was like, he didn't, I was like, girl, he ain't even here. Your husband's in the other room. I'm like, what are you talking about? She's like, no, he'll be mad. I'm like, who's gonna tell him? I was well, it, it, it finally got to that point, you know. I think Kenya still had the men. She just didn't tell me. And I think that was just kind of an ego boost for me, you know, just being like, Yeah, you know, I I got rid of all her men. But <laughs> Well, I mean, and, we were around, but we weren't, you know, we weren't doing what we was wanting to do. I know that. No, no, no. We, you, you guys definitely weren't. And I think uh -huh. it really took a, a lot of soul searching and adjusting for me because uh -huh. in the back of my mind, when I started thinking, you know, of this poly idea, this poly lifestyle and open relating, I saw it as an ability to finally have freedom to uh -huh. have other women. Like, I could be dating Kenya mm -hmm. and have this woman over here. And right. so to me, it started to be like, you know what? Th that's not fair. It's it's not mm. an even, you know, exchange. Why is it okay that I would talk to somebody outside of Kenya, but yet I was upset and, and didn't want her to have those other men? So that was kind of the turning point. It didn't come easy, and it, it wasn't this overnight change where I was just like, oh, yeah, you know, you let's do this. Mm -hmm. um, it, it took a lot of work and a lot of, you know, dedication to changing um, my mindset and, and creating the life that I really wanted. 
Mm. And so once I finally got to that point, it was like, okay, yeah, this is this is gonna work. We still went through a phase of a don't ask, don't tell poly style. And okay. it was mostly because I I still had that feeling of I just I don't want to know what you're doing. <laughs> I just I didn't. I, I couldn't get my mind around that. Like I don't want to think of you with some other guy and you know, and it wasn't anything negative. I just, I couldn't get that, get myself over that hump. Right. And so, so once that, I finally got to that point, you know, it, it definitely changed things. You know, Kenya can't come to me now. She can talk about, like the other night, um, I'm laying in the bed, uh, two o'clock in the morning, Kenya gets up and goes on a date. <laughs> really? Okay. So most people would not be okay with that. And she comes back, she talks about the day, and she's like, yeah, me and this guy, we had a good time, we talked. You know, there, mm-hmm. there wasn't anything sexual, but even if there was, Kenya can make that choice now where right. she could not before. Like, she came back, and, and she left at 2 a.m. Not mm-hmm. that I would be like, hey, where you going? But I would be like, that's a little out of the ordinary. Right. Right, right. So, like, what was it for you? Was there like a like an epiphany or like a moment or something that you heard that had you like, you know what, this really isn't fair? Because I thought that I think that's a really big thing that I know a lot of men who were are where you were in terms of you know, yeah, I can have all these women, but she can't have no other men. Like, what was the? And they can't. I feel like they're not getting out of that loop. You know what I'm saying? So was there anything specifically that really had you like, you know what? Yeah, that's not fair. Um, I can't say that there is any specific thing that kind of put me in that mindset. Um, it's just a respect thing. Uh, I've always mm-hmm. been raised to, you know, respect everyone, you know, respect the elders, you know, respect, you know, your colleagues. And it's, it's a lot of respect that goes into that. And, when you start looking at, you know, the things that you're putting out, if I'm putting out respect, then I should be getting respect back. Mm-hmm. If I'm putting out there into this world, this um, idea that my woman cannot be with anybody else, but I can, the only thing that I'm going to get back is heartache and, and turmoil, you know, because I'm not being fair. She's going to look at that and she's going to be like, oh, why can you do that? And I can't. And I'm going to be mm-hmm. sitting here thinking that, oh, man, all these ladies are alike and I can't do anything. And, you know, I got to, you know, put secret codes in my phone mm-hmm. to talk to these other ladies. I'm having to do all these things that, you know, women are so aggravated at men with, but mm-hmm. we're doing it to ourselves when it could be so much easier if we have the communication to say, look, you know, I know you're going to be with this person and let's have some safety protocols in there. You know, maybe I have a, a way of meeting this person, or, you know, maybe we start off with, you know, a different relationship style with you and the person, or, you know, you, you come up with your own protocols. Right. But once you are able to ease into that stuff, then it makes it a whole lot better. Right, but I, I can't yeah. really say what the the actual light bulb moment was for me. But there's yeah. definitely a moment, and you know it when when you you're there. Yeah, I know. Um, for me, there was kind of a light bulb moment where um, 
I think Kenya, we and Kenya were supposed to, she was supposed to come back to my place one night and some guy showed up at her place that she just met and she was just talking to them about being poly and being very charismatic and they were asking her questions and they, she was blowing their minds like, oh my God, what? And um, I, I felt myself getting like disappointed because I was like, okay, she wants to talk to them and she's not going to like come hang out with me tonight like we are playing. And I mean, eventually, because it was getting later and later, and eventually, all right, they left, and then she got in the car with me, and we and we went. And I was like, well, I was kind of surprised. I didn't think that you were going to still come. And then um, she said something like, if I make a plan to be with you, I'm going to be with you, no matter what, you know? Mm-hmm. And something about when she said that made me feel like it's cool if she has attention or time, or if any woman has attention or time from other from another man. As long as I know she's going to be there for me in the way that I ask, and we agree that she's going to be there for me, you know, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. That's, that's, that's the moment for me. I love that. <laughs> I, I could hear that, and I know if that was said to me, I feel on top of the world. I feel like a king because it's like <laughs> you know, this person yeah. actually cared enough to follow through <laughs> on what they said. Because I've been in situations where, you know, you you might be in a club or you might be somewhere, and you're talking to this one girl. And then another mm-hmm. one walks by, and she looks just a little bit better than the one you're talking <laughs> to. But you want to talk to both of them. Uh-huh. <laughs> but there is no space for that. If I leave this one lady I'm talking to to go talk to this other, I've lost the first one. Even though I really mm-hmm. like the first one. Like, I really have a connection with her. If I leave her to go talk to this other one, and I say, I'm, I'm going to be right back, she's gone. She's leaving the club. She's out. Right. And so for someone to say to me, hey, look, you know, I told you I was going to come. I told you I was going to be, you know, with you or whatever we had agreed upon. And they follow through. Oh, my gosh. That that, that makes my whole body tingle. Right. And it did for me. And she said it very nonchalant. You know what I'm saying? Just very like, yeah, I'm going to be with you. And like, yeah, why would I not? Like, and I believed her. You know what I'm saying? Like, um, Kenya has a way of saying, had a way of saying things to people who aren't really initiated in what it is that she does to where, like, you just believe what she says. Like, it just sounds, but like, okay, cool. And it is just, yeah, it's really magic how she does it. Yes. Yeah. So, so if if you be a poly now and like you no know, Kenya can date other people, like do you do you tend to date other people? Are you guys kind of like kitchen table poly? Uh, and for people who may not know what that is, that's like when your partners and your partner's partners can come around each other and it's like you can be more communal. Um, or how would you describe that for yourself? Yeah, I would say we're on the cusp of uh, kitchen table poly. You know, I I know the majority of Kenya's partners. And she's pretty open with me about, you know, what she desires in these relationships, mm-hmm. which is different than where we were before. Before, you know, she she wasn't telling me anything. And I was okay with that. And now I'm okay if she does tell me things. I'm not going to come to Kenya and just say, hey, tell me everything. But I'm, mm-hmm. I'm okay if she does share some things. My personal preference is, you know, I don't need to know. I I have mm-hmm. 100% trust in Kenya. So if she decides that she wants to interact with somebody, she wants to talk to somebody, and she trusts them enough to do that with them, then I also trust them. Because mm-hmm. I trust her judgment. She picked me. And right, I feel right, like right. I'm a pretty good dude. 
Right, so right. She's she's got this habit of picking good dudes. Then uh-huh. I, I've still got to trust her judgment. I don't think that's changed at all. Right. But for me, I don't really tell Kenya about my partners, um, just because I like for them to have that feeling of, uh, you know, specialness. I want them to know <laughs> that when when I'm talking to you and I'm with you, that you're the only person in my world at that moment. Like I, nobody else exists but you. And so mm. I don't want to bring that to anybody else and say, oh, well, you know, my other partner's going to call me at this time because then they're going to be like, well, now I've got to give up my time with you to, you know, have you interact with this person or, you know, whatever it is. Um, mm-hmm. I might talk to my ex-wife because we've got a child in common. So, you know, there, there may be more talking with her than anybody else. But as far as, you know, relationships, you know, people I'm, I'm involved with, I tend to keep them kind of separate. Okay. Okay. I feel you. And is, is Kenya okay with that? I, I feel like she could be nosy. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> 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 she, like, that's, that's cool. <laughs> she tries to be a little nosy. I think uh, the, the partners that I have that Kenya has, you know, introduced me to, Kenya knows about our communications interactions. Um, mm-hmm. Any of my partners that Kenya did not introduce me to, Kenya won't know anything about them. So right, right. I, I, yeah, think- I, I could understand why, you know, um, <laughs> I remember one story in Asheville when you uh, when you went to see a, a certain young lady and you didn't tell Kenya you were going there. And she, uh, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> she busted so- up. That was the first, um, I guess, experience with me and uh, another person mm-hmm. without me, you know, breaking that that serial monogamy. You know, that was kind of my step into the, the world of uh, open relating and, and polyamory. Right. And so I was I was still of this monogamous mindset. You know, I, I was still oh, yeah. of like. I'm not going to tell Kenya anything like she's not going to know what I'm doing. And so (laughs) when I went to go meet this lady, I lied to Kenya Mm. and I went over there and and Kenya knew where I was. Like it was no (laughs) secret. Yeah. She does see it too. And it's like, I know, I know. know. (laughs) She she knew exactly where I I was. But, but the thing that, that really upset Kenya the most was Kenya had prepared an evening for us. You know, mm-hmm. she'd, she'd gone through, she'd got my favorite food, she had the oh. fire going, everything oh. was absolutely beautiful. Oh. And I kind of ruined that expectation by not being able to communicate. Right. If I had been, then Kenya wouldn't have that expectation that I was going to come home and she would be able to surprise me and to say, look, you know, I love you so much, I did all these wonderful things for you. So I really hurt her more by not being able to say, you know, um, I'm talking to this lady. She wants to get together tonight and, you know, have a little conversation. I may be home a little bit later, just whatever it was. I couldn't do that at that time. Right, right. And so it really caused a a rift between Kenya and I for Mm -hmm. a little bit. You know, you could... You couldn't breathe this lady's name. Like if if, if she was brought <laughs> up, the fight was on. <laughs> it right. was it was a very awkward situation to be in. 
especially for me being uneducated about open relating and polyamory and, and just kind of assuming things, which a lot of people do. They just assume that when a person says I'm polyamorous or I'm in an open relationship, this is a free for all. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. and it's not. I saw that um, this gentleman that, that Kenya was uh, dating here in uh, Texas. Okay. We all went out. Um, Kenya, me, this other young lady that had flown in, we were all hanging out. And then Kenya called up one of her partners. And so we're all at the house and we're hanging out and we're having a good time. And so Kenya's interacting with her partner. I'm interacting with my partner. And, and Kenya and I have stepped out for a minute. And the next thing I know, we look back and Kenya's <laughs> partner and my partner were interacting with each other. And we're like, what is going on? But but the the thought process that he had was that Um, because we were polyamorous, that it was a free-for-all, that he could just, anybody he wanted to interact with, he could. mm, And mm. I was like, "That's, that's not really the way that works. There was no communication. There was no, you know, like, is this something that everybody is okay with? Like, you know what's the what's the situation here and so it was a little awkward in the room for a little bit until we kind of got everything sorted out and then we were able to move on from there Uh uh-huh but that's that's (laughs) just one of the the misperceptions that um i definitely had and i'm sure some other people might have as far as uh what open relating and polyamory might be yeah, yeah, because I think for sure, like, and the thing about being a poly is, like, you definitely are going to have, when you're coming out of a different culture, a different mind frame, uh, a different consciousness, like, you're going to make some mistakes, you know, because you're trying to get there. Like, I know me, I had a few missteps when I first became poly, and um, I hurt some women's feelings uh, inadvertently by not being as forthright as I should have been, you know? Um, yeah, commu- communication is hard. It's, it's a very, right. very challenging thing. And for me, it's the most challenging because I try to anticipate what the other person's reaction is going to be. Mm. So, mm-hmm. you know, I'm, I might not be as forthright about something because I think you're going to get mad without giving you yeah. the opportunity to express the emotion that you want to express. Mm-hmm. Right. And so I, I think there's, for me, there's been a lot of, you know, missed opportunities with ladies because I anticipated their emotion. And there has been a lot of uh, situations that went south that really didn't have to because of that same thing. You know, just I, I try to guide their emotions in a way that wasn't really natural. Like, oh, you don't have to be mad about this. And, and it's like, right. yeah, I am. You can't tell me not to be mad. <laughs> right. Right. Uh, let me ask you another question right quick about, you know, you talked about interacting and being around kids, other partners, or um, how are you with that? Like, do you feel like, is that something that you look to have, like, a brotherhood with her other partners? Like, are you guys, like, typically cool? Do you ever, like, hang out with them without Kenya? Like, how does that work? Now, I'll, I'll be honest. You and I are probably the the coolest of Kenya's partners. <laughs> like, <laughs> I think our okay. relationship is probably the, the most brotherly relationship that I I could ever imagine. Well, okay, but, I got you. 
but with with other partners, you know, it's it's really that same interaction that Rakim had with me. That you know, <laughs> oh, I, <they> <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know, I I want to be open and give them the opportunity to interact with Kenya without uh-huh. this shadow of you know that your your other husband is is coming down on me or like he doesn't yeah, like yeah. me or you know yeah, he's yeah. gonna do something to interrupt our relationship you know i i don't want to do that to anybody i want to give them the same opportunities and chances that you know i was afforded so mm-hmm. i i try my best to embrace everybody as far as you know us being kind of brotherly and then hanging out and stuff you know only time will tell you know everybody's right. got their own little traits and their own little things that you know we might find you know some kind of commonality on other mm-hmm. people i might be like look man that dude's an asshole i don't <laughs> like him <laughs> but, but i'm not dating him so you know do you yeah i feel like we get along because you know we uh i don't know we almost twins in a way because we met you on the same day and the same night you know yeah saying? you know <laughs> <laughs> I and we've been that, in this for the same amount of time, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, I, I think astrologically we're we're bonded in some sense. Yeah, you know? we have to be, you know, because uh, I know for me, the, the night I met Kenya is a night my whole life changed for the better. And I, I assume it'll be it's the same for you also, you know, so. Yeah, I can absolutely say that. Uh, and it, so it was actually on October 31st. And yep. the weird mm-hmm. thing about it is that day always holds some significance in my life at some point. Really? Um, yeah, it, it it just varies. Like some October thirty first, it might be one of the greatest experiences, and others that you know might be a terrible experience. But every Halloween, uh, you know, Hallow's Eve, October thirty first, is uh-huh. such a significant day. And so the day that I met Kenya, I really didn't know the significance and how that was going to continue to play out in my life. But you know, mm-hmm. I I wouldn't change it for anything. Right, right. Yeah, that's dope, man. I agree with you. You know, um, I really appreciate that lady. That mm-hmm. I know I will never lose Kenya. I have full confidence yeah. that Kenya's never gonna be out of my life. And she agrees, you know, feels the same way. Right, right. So it's this mutual thing, and that in itself offers so much security yeah, that yeah. I, I, I can't believe that it's a real thing. Like right, right. To, to to be able to do no wrong, I can't do anything that she's gonna just up and leave me. Um, is just one of the best feelings, and I hope that every <laughs> relationship gets to that point. Everybody in the right. world gets to that point where they're like, you know, there's nothing this person can do to just make me leave them and hate them and just you know right. I'm done with them. Right. Um, let me um, ask you a couple more questions before we got to wrap this up. We've been close yeah. on time. But, um, of course, you know, Kenya's company and, Rock and her husband's company is um, you know, Progressive Love, um, the Progressive Love Academy. And they have this whole philosophy and everything that they teach people about polyamory relationships that um, I, I'm pretty confident in saying it's been integral in both our lives. You know, I know definitely mine, but both of us. And, um, for me, it's kind of like culminating to being a part of my life's purpose um, of doing the work that, that, that I've learned through, from Kenya. Um, I know you work within her company. Uh, could, would you mind telling the people like, you know, what it is that you do for, for the company and like how you feel about 
the things that her and her husband, uh, Rakim, have um, or Carl, uh, have have put out there for people. Yeah. So what uh, King and Carl have put out there for people are the tools to live the life that you want to live. You know, mm-hmm. and, and it was those very tools that got me to change that dynamic of you know going in and punching somebody's clock. It it wasn't until Kenya asked me, you know, why do you get up every day? And go in there. You're miserable. And I really didn't have an answer. And to me, that was kind of like the wake-up call. Of like, you know, mm-hmm. I, I don't have an answer. Kenya and Carl were hanging out, you know, just hanging out in the house. They're, they're doing whatever they want. Kenya's taking naps and, you know, just having a great <laughs> life. And I look at Carl, he, you know, he's he's talking to all these people and he's, he's you know, put out this instruction and, and this knowledge. And I'm like, there's, there's gotta be something different. So once I started digging into the libraries and they started showing, you know, how to manifest things, it was like, Oh, that that's the ticket. I can manifest this. Everybody has the power to do that. And so once you go mm-hmm. to progressive love Academy, you start digging into the tools, you do see those, those changes that you can make. So I made changes. Mm-hmm. Uh, I did the work. I was like, there's gotta be something else. And so once I did, you know, I would never look back and, and be like, man, I, I want to go back to a nine to five or, mm-hmm. you know, I want to, <laughs> I want to get up and, you know, punch somebody's clock. I would never do that now. Right. But what I decided uh, once I got in there is, you know, there, there might be some different structures to uh, the way Kenya and Carl were running things initially. So, you know, I started giving back to the company. I started helping them, you know, purchase websites and, you know, doing development stuff. And so it was just kind of like a give back to everything that they gave me. And I'll still give, you know, my right arm if they need it, you know, (laughs) whatever you need. Because without the the tools and the knowledge and stuff that they have at Progressive Love Academy, to me, I would still be working a nine to five. I wouldn't be where I am now. I would still mm-hmm. be miserable. I would still be saving up with the mentality that at 65, when I can retire, I'm going to live my best life. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, now I, I can't have that mentality. I can't have that thought because I'm living for the day. Like, you know, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm retired today. I want to enjoy my day. I want to go mm-hmm. out. I want to do the things that I want to do. So, you know, Progressive Love Academy is it's it. Right, right. That's dope, my man. That's dope. Um, and, and, you, and what do you do behind the scenes? Do you do like the accounting or whatnot? Or like, I know you're really interested, like, you're more like a behind the scenes person. You're not like somebody who's going to be coaching and you know, no, taking I, 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 I didn't get into the coaching thing. Um, I would, you know, and that's not to say I would never do it. I might take a look at it and say, you know, I really want to get into something. But, um, yeah, what I did on the, the behind the scenes was I did the accounting for them. You know, we got all our books together, everything. And then we got to a point where I was like, man, I, I don't want to do this. So we, we hired an accounting firm <laughs> uh-huh. to, to take that off my plate. So, you know, now I just kind of kick around and, you know, do little odds and ends jobs. Like, you know, Kenya needed a form today. And so I got on there and made a form and, you know, mailed yeah. it out. And that's kind of the things yeah. I do now. You do whatever's needed. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, you the you know, I'm, so, What I'm do you like need? The, I'm like a... <laughs> You know, a uh, a gopher. That's what they call it. You know? 
Oh my god! You know that's that's what I do now. I'm a gopher. You know, kids say go yeah. for this, and I go get it. Just say, go for that. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! I'm not mad at it, dog. I am not mad at it. Living his best life, you know what I'm saying? Like the both to the purpose, like just, just in it. <laughs> Make it happen. Yeah, man. It's the best though. It, it truly is. Hey man, I respect it. I really do. Whew. All right, everybody. <laughs> this is... I'm sorry, yeah. Tiger always cracks me up. All right, everybody. This has been a episode of Nova Relating. Um we appreciate all of you guys for listening. Um, but Tiger, you don't really have social media stuff, right? Like you don't really you have, you have anything you want the people to know coming up or what you're doing? Um, so yeah, I mean, I've got the Instagram, you know, Tiger Moonstone, and I'm on Facebook. Um, I don't do a lot of social media. It's yeah. there. I'm gonna change that. I'm gonna try to get you know more into the social media and kind of show people a little bit more about me and about my life because. You know, people are starting to get curious. You know, okay, they're seeing okay. the second husband uh, of Kenya's, and they're kind of wondering, like, who is this guy? Like, why did Kenya choose him? Who is he? Where did he come from? You know, we've we've seen him on Kenya's social media, but they're always interacting. We don't know what he does outside of that. So, yeah, I'm definitely going to start, you know, trying to bolster that up and, and get some stuff out there. Okay. All right, my man, sounds good. All right, everybody. So, again, thanks for tuning in. This has been uh, another episode of Noble Relating, the podcast of the new paradigm. Thanks for everybody for tuning in. Much love. Peace.